welcome to another exciting episode of Token Podcast. I'm your host and sometimes referee, friendly neighborhood Zach Stat Pearson. And today I'm joined by he who's cleverest of them all, co-creator, if not one and only authoritarian figure that you should care about within the .fm space. One of the inventors and possibly, and I do stress this, possibly underdogs of all of podcasting. Seriously, go look at his website. I'm not saying that just to blow smoke up him. A one, Sean Lee. Thank you so much, Zach. Happy to have you here, man. Like I've told everybody who's been listening uh, this year, well, I'm one of those few people that actually does do his New Year's resolution. I know it's such a cliche, not a humble brag either. Apparently almost no one does, but I meant it when I told my audience I was going to try to get more invested in interviewers because, well, given my background, it's actually a lot easier for me to get interviews, but I never truly utilized it. And also we had that stigma of being only four games when we never were, so... Rebranders can actually do a lot to change things like that. That being said, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Clever.fm before we get into the questions? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Clever is a podcast app that we built that makes podcasting more interactive. We tell people uh, that you listen to podcasts today on a smartphone on a dumb app, right? There's really nothing you can do other than hit play. Really question deeply why that is, because from my perspective and yours as well, Zach's, you know, as podcast creators ourselves, it's very difficult to find and engage with our community, right? We have yes. to currently redirect them everywhere else, pretty much. If we uh, want to redirect them to a, a source, like a resource, we have to cram that URL into the description. We want them to go to our page or our Patreon. We have to redirect them there. It's like you're listening on a smartphone. Why can't you just do it all in one app, right? You know, most importantly, it's about building community. That's the one thing that really gets to me is that not only is my audience invisible to me, but it's really difficult to build a community because I have to then go learn how to build or start like a Reddit page or build a website, a blog to then host my community there, right? And it's, again, why can't we just have a community where they're living while they're listening, actually? Uh, so that's kind of a gist of what Clever's about. We'll do more into it. Fantastic. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming on. I wasn't sure how fast I was going to be able to get it to you because, well, it was basically a tie between you and apparently one of the becoming one of the most legendary horror authors out there, S.A. Bradley, who I picked up right before you. So that was a good get. And uh, just so we're clear, shout outs to his podcast, too. I'm definitely going to try to get him on your network because I get the feeling he will fall in love immediately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that being said, let's get into it. First and foremost... What inspired you to create slash come up with uh, the concept of Clever, or at least a more detailed answer? It all started when I started podcasting about five years ago. And I ended up creating a podcast production company. It's crazy. Uh, past year and a half, we have 25 team members now producing podcasts for mostly higher education for business clients as well, or, or any organization. And you know, our clients kept asking us for data. It's mm -hmm. like, hey... Can we see, you know, get an understanding of who the audience is and how are they engaging with the content? Right. And frankly, you know, I didn't have any more data. I didn't have any answers. All we have is that somebody, somebody downloaded in Chicago on Android uh, on this date. Now, I don't even know who you are, you know, your social security number, but it's like, that's not the purpose. It's, it's more so, you know, what did you get out of content that we're sharing today, let's say this episode, right? Because all Spotify or Apple tells us is that you maybe listen for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and you dropped off. It doesn't, you know, really share much, right? And what if within those like 20, 30 minutes, you actually shared the episode three times or you Google searched things 
you know, that you heard. That was the the starting point for what inspired this. And then conversely, my co-founder survey on the listener end, even myself as a listener, I was just extremely frustrated that I couldn't interact with the content. If they mention a book, I have to go to Amazon to search for it, right? And then I have to hit rewind, listen to it again. Like, what was that title? Like, who was the author? If I heard something interesting, let's say like an article that they mentioned or personality, I have to go Google it and try to find it. If they mention another podcast, right? Like that horror podcast, I have to go search for it. I might spell it wrong or it might be spelled weird and I wouldn't be able to find it. And again, this is really frustrating because it makes you wonder like everything else you can click through on your phone. Why can't we just click on it? <laughs> right? Like as I'm listening, if I want to go back and look up something I just like heard, why can't I just click on it? Why isn't exactly. there just a link for I, it? I hate to say it, but even though I don't use them anymore because they got a little bit too crazy for me. That was one of the cool things about SoundCloud, and they don't even advertise it. Like, you could stop at certain points. People could even leave messages, or the composer could leave a message, and there was interactivity there. There was community there. And then everyone else was like, oh, that looks cool. Too bad. I don't care. Yeah. So that's also something we built in, is that SoundCloud-esque commenting feature, where, you know, based on the timestamp, I want to talk about this moment, let's say, like, this moment right now, starting around or a thread, you can do that. And it's like, why can't you do that? And as we kind of dug deeper into the issues of podcasting, we realized, A, it's impossible to start a conversation. When you were to start a community, even on a blog, and this is, let's say, like a 30-minute episode, like, how do you actually pinpoint to this moment to have a conversation around it? It's really tough, if not impossible. And then secondly, if I want to share this with somebody, let's say this was like a really interesting point right here and i want to share this exact moment with somebody you can't really do that you have to share the entire episode and the most yeah. of the time when i get you know someone shares an episode with me, I'm like what did you want to share with me like and then there's this that episode like people's courtesy yeah. listening if it's not a song you better already know where it is because there have been times when i've tried to have people listen to something that's extremely comical not just for my podcast but in general but if i have to scrub around wait for it to load then they're eventually going to say hey just find it for me later Exactly. Yeah. So how can we just make sharing even easier, like be able to share quotes easily? That's like a huge pain point. This this is all the things that inspired this to start. And, and frankly, the other thing that inspired it was that for the longest time, it's like, like I said, I've been podcasting for uh, almost five years. I was just really hoping that Apple or Spotify or somebody would do something about this. And I think part of us just got tired of waiting and we're just like, you know what? I think they're going to do this anytime soon. So, you know, let's try to fix this ourselves. Glad you did. I hate to say it, but co- people like to say that competition breeds change and innovation, but that's yes. not true for the business world inherently <laughs> because, oh, no. this guy can disrupt our entire business and our finance. Well, let's go buy him and destroy him. That's always right. an option. And I've seen right. it happen uh, in my state in particular, not to de- deviate too much, but we had one of the best internet companies that the world had pretty much seen called Clear. And They did every possible smart thing you can think of. They even set it up to where if you wanted to have mobile internet, you could choose between having your internet connection be a hybrid. It could be a physical device that's in your home, like a a Wi-Fi router situation, or it could be something you could stick directly in your computer and you could pick up signal via satellite. And guess what? They didn't make it three years before they got bought because they were being disruptive. That's something that's always kind of top of mind as to what, you know, might happen down the road. But to your point, too, something that I study finance and economics, the one thing that, that I'm very aware of is that the, the podcast industry has been quite stagnant because 
it was pretty much a monopoly. Yeah, it's pretty right? complacent. Uh, until the past year, year and a half, and Spotify really stepped things up. And But now it's a duopoly. <laughs> so it's not too different, right? And when you're a monopoly or a duopoly, there really isn't much incentive or motivation to move fast or make changes because you own 90% of the market. Right? It's like, why do you have to innovate if you already own most of the market? But that's where really, you know, that's also a signal for me that this industry is right for disruption. And that's that the big players aren't really going to do much uh, for us in terms of, you know, the creator community, the creator space. Yeah. Uh, so it's really up to us to change something. Concerned. Yeah, exactly. That's those are those are a lot of the reasons I could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I know we don't got that kind of time. So just to move into number two, let, I just want to know, when did you first truly fall in love with podcasting as in? What was that spark or that moment that made you think, man, I want to do this? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it all started with with public radio. You know, podcasts are an evolution of, of radio. And I'm a huge NPR fan, you know, huge fan of Radio Lab, Terry Gross's Fresh Air, you know, This American Life. Just the, the story format I, I just really, really loved. And I think I really fell in love when I realized just how it is, right? Audio only, I used to think, was inferior to video. Like, like audio is better than, like, listening to something is better than reading something, right? And then, like, watching something is better than listening to something, right? It's like, that's just kind of, kind of like... Of, I was so right? interested in that because I never understood that logic. I can read a book yeah. about Batman with no pictures in it, and it'll be longer yeah. than a 3 or $4 comic that's barely 20, 30 pages, but people will still yeah. tell me, oh... Oh, well, this is better because it's got image. Like, well, why though? Yeah, I think that's, it. you're absolutely right. It's a stereotype. It's a misconception because the reality is I still read, right? Clearly, if video is so superior, I should just be watching everything. But it's, no, I enjoy reading. I enjoy listening. I enjoy watching videos. Like, they're all different. They serve different purposes. And the one thing I really love about reading and audio, especially uh, without that visual layer, is that it really activates one, it only activates one sense. And there's something special about it. Like reading obviously only activates your visual sense, right? There's nothing auditory or, or anything like that. And then listening only activates one sense versus video has both visual and audio. And there's something very intimate. I read a bunch of reports about this, how podcasts are, they, you know, they inherently feel more intimate because A, it's somebody talking directly in your ear, <laughs> right? Like us. And then B, we don't have the visual layer you don't have that visual crutch and so i know what i'm speaking right now i have to be a little bit more descriptive right and then on the listeners then what i notice is that i have to use my imagination and that's something that's just very special i think about the auditory experience totally agree man that was a very deep answer i like that okay uh, and, uh, uh now moving into question three Give us some personal recommendations and tell us what you like them. As in, you know, who would you, if you were telling somebody new to podcasting, who would you like to see them get into? Radio Lab, hands down. It's just amazing storytelling. It's just like they cover really interesting topics around science, around like society, culture. That's definitely top of mind for me. Aside from that, you know, then you have some of like authors that I, I like that I'll hear, listen to here and there from like revisionist history from Malcolm Gladwell to, like I said, like, you know, this American life or, or Terry Gross. I mean, this American life, Terry Gross, fresh air. They're more like NPR radio shows, but I mean, to me, a podcast radio, it's, it's really one and the same. 
Anything that's on demand, basically. <laughs> hey, I'm with anything. Uh, that answer was really just for me. That wasn't even for the audience. I love getting recommendations. Like yeah. I know podcasting blew up really is because of the pandemic, unfortunately. Yeah. But I almost never bump into anybody who is into them. It's always either, oh, I just listened to murder, crime, mystery dramas. Wow, those don't get boring over time because they always end one of five ways. And don't get me wrong, a good story is a good story. If you like it, you like it, but I can never get into them. So finding recommendations for anything that's not those <laughs> has been significantly hard. There's yeah. a person I would love to introduce you to. I can't remember their name, but man, they basically got in on the ground floor of entertainment production audio dramas for the modern era. Bro, yeah. they've had they've been trying to get their hands into everything and they show me what they've been listening to. Did you know Marvel, Sirius XM, and Stitcher teamed up to make literal audio dramas of some of their biggest books? Yes. Yeah, like Wolverine. That's like oh, uh, pretty popular. I was popular literally one. about yeah. to mention that. Oh my God. Okay, well, let me stop because we'll be here all day. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Going into the next one. Um, in your personal opinion, and this is derivative of what your co-owner may think, just you yourself, where do you want Clever to be in about 10 years as a company? I mean, I, I think my co-founder definitely shares the same vision with me in that we want know, Clever know, to be I have to say just you the ultimate, here. you know, the definitive podcast listening experience, right? When you think of video, being a video creator, publishing videos, what do you think of? I think YouTube. of YouTube, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't go anywhere else. You don't go to whatever, you know, dot com. <laughs> you go to YouTube. Podcasting, there is no definitive place or answer. You know, you can host with like 50 different hosting services. Yeah, hosting you know, is publishing. Yeah, there's like 20 different podcast players. There's no definitive place and there's no definitive experience. And and a lot of that's driven by the fact that none of these services offer anything different or any additional value add for you as a listener uh, or as a publisher, right? And so we really want to become the YouTube of podcasting. Uh, so that's where we see Clever in 10 years. You have no oh. idea how much I want to introduce you to my friend with a master's in marketing as well as can't wait till you guys get publicly traded because if there ever was a time when I wanted to be on the ground floor, it's with y'all. Because unfortunately, yeah. I've had opportunities to get in on the ground floor on multiple occasions. And on two of those occasions, the companies ended up being having a billion dollar valuation in less than wow. two years. And yes, I regret it as much as you think I do. To find something that I truly believe in, I would love to in some way, shape and form either help build up or throw my money at. I mean, if my investors trust me to do a good job because they know I'm passionate about game design and I don't want to abuse my staff and I don't want and I will never tolerate child gambling mechanics and fake casinos and I can get yeah. them to fund me. Man, just imagine what I could do if I just let you talk to my couple of my homies with master's and marketing degrees who also direct. That's entirely something else. But man, I can't wait till you guys hit the public market. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, I totally mean it. Next question. Though, what advice would you give to upcoming podcasters interested in getting into the field? Or helped other people start in some way, shape or form, at least like I think almost two dozen podcasts now. So that's impressive. I do feel like I feel like you literally can get I feel like you literally can get a Guinness World Record off that. I, I don't know about that, but but I but 2, you know 000? the advice No 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 two dozen, two dozen, two dozen. Oh, okay, two dozen, okay. <laughs> 2000, that'd be amazing too. But the advice I can give is just to, when I started podcasting, you know, it wasn't about the equipment. It wasn't about any of the stuff. It was just about trying to get a story out. 
to start as crappy as possible. All you need really is a, is a phone these days. You don't even need a fancy mic setup. The iPhone and the Android just voice memo records amazing quality these days. Just record something and get it out there. That's what I'd say. The Pudi podcast still today, this is really, in my opinion, this is like the, the advice that really is called, is that like YouTube, if you were to create a YouTube video and put it out there, the download stats are public. You can see how many people have viewed this video. Uh, with podcast, because the entire ecosystem is still so backwards, you don't really get to see any of that data publicly. And so it doesn't really matter, <laughs> right? Like as you're starting out, it's not about getting a thousand or a million like downloads or views. It's really just about practice. You just got to get the reps in, record 10, at least 10 plus episodes, learn how to become a better interviewer or a better speaker and just improve your craft. And then the beauty of it is as you're kind of ramping up, we've seen this happen over and over again with a lot of you know young budding podcasters. Like they're able to then start commanding bigger and bigger guests. You just need to get one to start, right? And then once you get that one, they can leverage that one to get some other notable podcast guests. Don't I know um, it? It's like it's not only a great way to help build your own brand personally, like your, your personal brand. But it's a great way to network with other people. It's a main platform to network with people. And that's the one big takeaway that I give people for, for podcasting. I mean, I, I remember reading Napoleon Hill's like when brands and influence people back in the day and for, for uh, sorry, Napoleon Hill, Dale, Dale Carnegie. And then Napoleon Hill himself. These people, they got famous just interviewing famous people. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Ron <laughs> and, Howard. Let's oh, do yeah. like, if we saw Ron yeah, Howard yeah, walking yeah. down the street, even though he's famous, people don't really want to talk to or get the autograph from Ron Howard. They want to hear yeah. stories about people he met. I exactly. almost feel bad for him, but that's not a bad place because you're still famous, but you can still walk down the street and not get messed with. Exactly. And so you get to build brand, you get to build network and all of it. That's really the biggest benefits for any budding podcast host. Totally agree. Now, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with a talk show or talking to people out of my caliber, obviously. Yeah. But when you are at least, because I know technically it's your question, but I get asked it every so often. When you are out of your league with not knowing something, and just to shorten my answer, the best thing you can do for anyone else who hears this is literally just watch the process. Ask, can you shadow them? Because if you sit down and ask somebody to give you meticulous details on what they do verbatim, they're not always going to have time or even an interest in it. But if you ask them, not just, hey, what equipment do you use? No, ask them, how do they use it? Then that's a good starting point because at a bare minimum, you can get go from crud to greatness in a very small amount of time. And that's not me speaking from personal experience. Unfortunately, I was trial and error. See, I knew a lot of audio people, but not a lot of video people back when I was like a video editor for any, any company that would pay me. I, yeah. my, I was lucky enough to just know people. And even though I didn't have the equipment, I understood the process. That's why I can maintain having my stuff done weekly, even though some of the people I do my podcast with aren't even in the same country as me. That's why I can maintain these relationships with people from the military. I haven't seen literally in almost 10 years and they can come to my podcast on and off or back and forth when they're on, on and off or deploy because I understand one of the very, very simple things, time management for your guest, not you, for your guest. Yeah, right, let's get into the next one. Are there any upcoming features or alterations to Clever that you can speak on? I don't want to, you know. 
make you say something you may regret later. Oh, not at all. Definitely sharing, like making sharing easy. That's like the, the biggest push print was, you know, I haven't seen anybody in the industry do sharing well. And what I've seen is, like, let's say, like headliner, right? Mm-hmm. As host to go create a clip, you know, create an audiogram, share it to social media. But I feel like it's so limited. Why is it? Why is the onus on us as the podcast creators who do the sharing? Our listeners, our fans should help out. Like if they're a fan of our show, like why aren't they helping us share? Well, like I said earlier, it's really hard to share a podcast. You either share an entire episode or you don't, right? You can't share this clip of it. You can't share, you know, from that timestamp, at least not easily. I think Spotify might have just implemented that, but it's crazy that most of the podcast apps out there cannot share from a timestamp, like from a specific moment. And then what we allow for is basically not only clipping a moment, but quickly create a social media card or an audiogram image out of that quote that you just clipped and immediately share it to, you know, Pinterest or Instagram or you know, TikTok. That's really what we're pushing on right now. That is very smart. I, again, I know it sounds like I'm blowing smoke, but y'all have done things and are doing things that me and my other podcasters have mentioned people should, could easily do for years. It also doesn't help that I have friends that are programmers. They know this takes minimal <laughs> effort, but they just, they just like, eh, I don't feel like it. It's like, yeah. oh, why you want to win this trophy if you can buy it? It's like, because you don't get the experience and the journey and you're not able to adapt. But, you know, if you destroy all your competition, whether indirectly or directly, I can get the appeal of not wanting to do it. But I just couldn't sleep at night if I wasn't trying to improve. I know it'll sound like the biggest joke ever, but let me put it to you this way. When this podcast first came out, the amount of money per episode the guest spent or, or in, and equipment totaled the first year was like under $100. Not a week, not a month, total the whole year. And now we've gone from that just because, well, I listen to people, I talk to people, and People like us and some people just want to hear more stuff to at a bare minimum every year. I'm looking at $600 worth of equipment to see if it's going to be good enough to do anything or add something to it. I'm not just trying to get things that'll make me feel fancier. I feel like that's a waste of money when you don't share your improvements with the rest of the crew. Yeah, totally. What advantage do you think consumers and producers will prefer over rival comparators, i.e., why should someone use Clever over more popular platforms for podcasts? That being said, you kind of don't have to answer this one because you technically <laughs> answered it like every two questions. But hey, yeah. I ain't mad. They got the answer. That's uh, I mean, it's simple. Like we just want to make yeah, listening a richer experience for you, right? It's just like I heard something, I couldn't take any notes, I couldn't find anything, I couldn't deep dive to forget about it. We want to really make podcasting valuable for the listener. And you've done nothing but prove it. Let me just say that. Has Clever ever thought about self-generated content production? For example, an audio drama, comedy, talk show exclusive to or commission for its own platform, for example. Also, should you want to do at least half those, I can definitely connect you to the right people. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have definitely on the in terms of content or new content. But, you know, right now our focus, for, at least for the next three to six months, is just a make sure the platform is robust in terms of, you know, it's the technology for everyone to use and easy to use. So essentially maintaining your high level of quality and unwrong with that. Yep. You know, you, you got, like I said earlier, you got to move things out of pace. If you guys know you can do it, but you just don't want to do it till something else is finished. Hey, go right ahead. But man, (laughs) when you do, there's, I only got to make three phone calls and I'm not even speaking hyperbolically. There's a company called the one 
or the optimists they are very very famous and legendary rich as hell entertainment production studio you can film commercials you can do voice uh, voice acting and you can also do talk compositing all in one location and they're in chicago in one of the nicest neighborhoods ever yeah you can book that studio pretty easy i know at least not even just commercial but also genuine video game as well as cartoon voice actors who would love to do any form of audio dramas because they're starting to get popular again and on top of that yeah. again i know a director who also just happens to has a master's in marketing man i would love to do business with y'all on something all right and uh the final thing uh if you well i mean you already did but since i didn't know it at the time <laughs> you make your own podcast what is it about <laughs> it's uh so i have a couple podcasts i have a podcast where i interview uh, alumni berkeley haas the business school at, at university of California. oh wow that's huge that's why i started podcasting as a student because they didn't have a podcast so i thought you know this is crazy that Berkeley is a podcast, so I'm just going to start one as a student. And so I was just interviewing students on campus, and I was about to graduate. The alumni office reached out and asked me to do a alumni podcast. I thought, yeah, sure. Right? They're asking me to interview CEOs and see all the issues. I thought, this is a great way to, to, to network and help it is. broaden the community. And so I still host that podcast. It's called One Haas, O-N-E-H-A-A-S, uh, one word. It's, it's an amazing show. It's a show I actually take a lot of pride in. And part of it is that we get to really highlight diversity. That was one of like the, the, the biggest reasons and missions for why I started the podcast is that business school historically is not very diverse, right? It's predominantly Yeah, I mean, that's male, most business Caucasian. schools in North America, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. And just so we're um, clear, because the Internet's the Internet, we're not stating that anybody who goes to, the, to these schools should be removed or that there's something wrong with them going to the school. It's just that we would like to see more types of people go to the school. That's right. Because, you know, that's the right. Internet's more, the Internet. you got to always cross your T's. Yeah, more more representation. That's, that's really what it is. And, you know, the great thing about, I think, Berkeley is that they actually they make room and they, they, you know, build and build bigger buildings. They can make more room for more people, right? We don't need to exclude people by any way, by any chances. But that's the one thing is I've, you know, wanted to do with the podcast was show that the diversity of people at Berkeley and the business school, especially, you know, historically, you know, BIPOC are underrepresented in business school. And it's really just a, we don't have a lot of friends, you know, that just, sure that you know it's, it's hard when you don't see people like you right being asian myself it's especially uh, california is a little bit easier for me because there are a lot of other asians you know, it's, it's predominantly asian and caucasian and then south asian india you know we have to really as allies think about how can we help right how can we really show that diversity representation and support people to come to this school to say hey there are a lot of people that look like you with your with your background check it out at least and think about it that was one of the biggest reasons why, why i do it to this day is i just think it's an amazing platform to share the diversity <laughs> you know of what's possible that's one podcast and then another podcast that i have is personal podcast i started about six months ago now um, with, a, with a buddy of mine called startup struggles uh, it's the whole idea was just to kind of document the journey of me launching this company, uh, <laughs> kind of like the original Gimlet Media, Alex Bloomberg startup podcast, but a little bit more raw and kind of on a continual basis of 
hey, like, what are the troubles this last week? Whether it's like hiring decisions or building up a team or trying to figure out what direction to go with the product. That's, that's, uh, that's what that podcast is. Totally thought about doing the same thing. But given the fact that quite literally the way I'm situated, I work with people in different countries and different time zones all the time. I, I think I mentioned this, but even though most of my investors on my independent game title are North Americans, 80% of the people working on it do not live in this country. Don't get me wrong. I love, and I'm not saying this because, oh, it's the popular thing right now, which I feel like when something is considered stigmatized just because it's popular, that's already a problem. But I love actually seeing different ethnicities, cultures, nationalities showing how they're creative, not just yeah. existing in a space, but interacting and intermingling with each other. And I've always enjoyed that because, well, I mean, I don't have any pictures of me up here, but now I guess I'll find a picture later. But I'm actually a Creole. And most people in North America, if you're now from East Texas or you're from Chicago, don't even know that I exist and that I've been here since before the nation was even truly established. Yeah. When they hear about me and they start Googling and asking questions, I enjoy that. When I see people be completely blown away about how drastically different me and my first cousins can look from one each other. I enjoy that. It's usually never even a negative stigmatization. Of course, there's always going to be that one stereotype fuck boy, but that's just a part of life. You have to learn to deal yeah. with them and you have to deal with them however you best see fit. Cause unfortunately yeah. there's no right answer. Some people will be educated and some people refuse to be educated, but yeah. I enjoy it. So when I'm, and I'm, this was happening while I was talking to you, Carlitos from Spain handles a lot of my weapon production because when it comes to science fiction, it's almost hard to find anybody who's in the 3D space because a lot of the 3D science fiction weapon creators, if that's even a job title, they already got picked up by a company or you got to wait in line for a 2D person and then send it to a 3D person. But Carlitos is my one-stop shop. But here's the thing. He basically technically answers to his supervisor who's over in India. They always can bounce some cool ideas. And the best part is, since we're all from a different background, they can have and come up with exotic ideas you would never even think to put together. And that's why I like seeing that. Because the, the idea of competitive gameplay or just competitive in life, I don't hate it. I get that some people find ambition and a true reason to wake up in the morning from having something challenge them. But I almost like the addiction that comes with cooperation better. Like, yeah. why fight you to get a high score when we can get the high score together? That's right. Yeah. There's nothing like that. I blame eight-player Smash. They should have never made eight-player Smash. That was like the <laughs> one game everybody in the military barracks could play because we was the only game that could take eight people and you didn't need to be online. But yeah, yeah uh, not to get too off topic, but yeah, I genuinely see what you're going for. And let me just say before we get out of here, I honestly do like what you and you guys are doing. If there's ever anything in particular you want to give me a direct link to to promote in the video as well as, well, I don't know what I can do with the Spotify situation, but if there's anything you want me to add into the like video descriptions or stuff you want people to be interested in looking at, just say the word. I'm already trying to gonna get startup struggles in there and Radiolab just sounds like something I'm going to personally dig into because that sounds right up my alley. And uh, yeah, I again, I honestly wish nothing but success for your business. I know that usually when someone makes a good disruptive product, the biggest way to destroy it is with money. But if you find the right people or you just have some proper wording and anybody who wants to say maybe buy you out, if you even allow them to do that, hopefully 
equality can be maintained because yeah. the only thing that could truly go wrong with clever is if someone decides you scare me i want to destroy you because there should yeah. be nothing but growth in your future and again i can't stress this enough whenever you guys look into original content please have somebody come find me there are so many people who i know that they can just audition for you with some pre-made content you ain't even got to give them money up front you can make it like a Netflix thing. Hey, submit this. If we like it, we'll consider working with you. All types of stuff. Because I can tell yeah. you right now, there are so many people who I can actually interview and talk to. But unfortunately, unlike you, they're in their industry of choice and they can't speak in the open. But they want to try to shine a light or, for lack of a better term, whistleblow on things yeah. that should not be happening. And I honestly wish I could have them on and have them be as open and free as you. But also on the flip side, too, I know five or six comedians in the area because I used to do it. And I also know a bunch of voice actors. And even if I didn't, as soon as I say, hey, audio drama, who wants to do an audio drama? They're going to literally break down my door because for a lot of voice actors, what made them want to voice act isn't, oh, I like this cartoon a lot. It was audio dramas. Yeah. Okay. well, before we get out of here, is there one final statement you would like to give to any of the listeners? I would just say, uh, keep going what you're doing. Just thank you so much for having me on. This is a pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, you know, if you ever have any other people in your network or anyone you know might be interested in interviews, like I tell everybody, feel free to let me know because anything's possible. I sat on my YouTube account for a decade and then I went from like 20 subscribers to getting close to 600. No, that's not a lot. A lot of my friends that started earlier, they got millions or hundreds of thousands. But hey, I got there in less than 15 months, okay? Yeah. Let me have my victory, damn it. I know I'm a baby, but I'm a baby that's learned to crawl. Yeah. <laughs> and with that that's being right. said, I appreciate you coming through. Hopefully, there will be some situations I can have you on in the future, but I got to get my life straight a little bit. No, I'm not in trouble, but as I told you, I'm choosing between Space Force and the Navy on top of independent game development, and occasionally I have to schedule investor meetings or a possible future investor meetings every so often, but I definitely want to see you on an episode of Life Stories. You don't have to contribute any content, but half of the people that show up, they're just there to listen and they provide comical feedback, which I honestly appreciate because it makes it more easier for me to talk about. Sounds good. All right. With that Thanks, being Zach. said, I will see you when I see you. Thank you for coming. And again, look out for Radio Lab, Revisionist History, One Has, and Startup Struggles. And I will make sure I try to get links into the YouTube video and YouTube link from the Spotify in case someone needs to see it. Thank you again. And I will see you guys when I see you guys.